0: back everybody my name is Sue and welcome to another of our learn with Sue walk and talk podcasts as you know this is where we walk and talk about all things well-being and flourishing the science of emotions neuroscience positive psychology etc and it's also where we get the opportunity to chat and you get to eavesdrop and I get to chat with interesting people in this sort of space so today I am joined by I'm going to say a frolic if you like Um, I'm not quite sure what category we fit in but I am joined by the fabulous Lynn Dawling who I first met in 2016 as a participant on our diploma in London and since then Lynn you've gone on to do some interesting things so welcome and we'll get to hear all about you. Thank you you, Sue. Well as you say you've had an interesting career and people may not know who you are Uh, by the end of this they'll have I'm sure been interested in what you've produced and what you've done over the years but tell us a little bit about who you are, who you are, where, how you identify as a person, who you see yourself as.
1: Yeah, it's, no, it's a really good question. Firstly, it's lovely to see you again, Sue, and thanks for inviting me on here. We have known each other a while. Um, I, I'm, I suppose I'll, I'll start with my work um, identity really I my background is um before positive psychology uh, my corporate life was in HR learning and development all things to do with people and talent talent development which I loved and I worked for Marks and Spencer for many years oh,
0: don't you um, just love Marks and Spencers I know
1: <laughs> I want I wanted to mention that because it was in the heyday when it was a Brit- a good British tradition you know I'm not sure where it's going now but it's it was um genuinely a real good place to work for however you didn't know that until you'd left when i left and to set up my own business i thought i'd be starting from scratch but i had excellent skills in training development facilitation um, i was a coach before they called it coaching um, and so i have had my own business um, co-founder of lbd associates limited probably for 20 years now um, and I've always been interested in what's what's working with people and what, you know, the, the best side of them. Um, and then I found positive psychology. And I thought, wow, how did I not know there was a whole science behind what my theories were that if you boosted people's confidence to work more on what they were good at, then that paid dividends in my coaching work. So, um, telling you a whole life story here but yes and then I went on to um, study positive psychology with Sue, found the diploma uh, which was really a revelation to me. Um, It really shifted my whole outlook on my work going forward and I decided really the only thing that lit my eyes up was coaching one to one, and working with women to feel, fulfill their true potential. So my my offer, as I'm as I'm sort of um, maturing, is is really kind of narrowed down. And that's when I first became very interested in positive aging on the diploma. We'll talk more about that. Okay. I guess who I am outside of work. Uh, I'm I've been married for. 30, 30, 30, Nearly forty years to Brian, who is the yin to my yang. Thank goodness, so he balances me up very well. We have twin daughters who are nearly thirty, living in London, and um, we're living in Hertfordshire and just poised on moving house, so downsizing, uh, which is an exciting new opportunity for us. I love writing. Uh, I love uh, yoga. Um, I love walking and. All sorts of outdoor activities, gardening, the, the usual things, and friends and family. I so see. I think that sums me up
0: for now. That's a beautiful description and outline of things. Thank you. And what I really love, and I didn't, didn't realise this, I mean, I know we've known each other for a while, but I've not been to your house. I spent the first year of my life in Hertfordshire. Oh, I have been, no recollection have of it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not memorable then. Well, there was only (laughs) one when we left, so, you know. Oh, well,
1: it would be hard to remember then. That's nice. (laughs) It's a nice part of the world. Yes. As it was, I know.
0: So what I'd like to do is uh, just pick up on a few of the things that you came, you sort of mentioned, because you did spend, like you say, your sort of corporate career, if you like, from an HR talent perspective. And that led you then into your own business. And I know from sort of my experience of knowing you, really, that strengths-based coaching has been something that I, I watched you just light up and I've seen, you know, your Absolute belief in the change that it can make. What did what did you notice really starting to focus on that strengths based coaching for you and for the people you were coaching? I guess the the thing that comes
1: to mind there, Sue, is it it doesn't feel like work, and knowing what I know now about strengths and energy and that whole piece around lighting your eyes up, coaching something I've always felt I've done and would do it even if I didn't get paid for. Does that make sense? The first Credit time, I, it sounds a bit arrogant, but the first time I went on a coaching course for myself, I thought, oh, that's what they call it, is it? Well, I do that all the time. And I know thats I'm not belittling it and, and I am accredited, but it, it is, it's a, a style that I use in, in, in life. And I guess I just noticed, particularly after the diploma, I was a bit of a crossroads, I guess, career wise. um, And I thought, not sure, I want to do all the whole spectrum of HR stuff that I could do, some of which really didn't light my eyes up. And I noticed the things that did. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, why don't I just reshape my offer? And I was lucky enough to have associates. We've got associates who work with us. So I gave them What for me weren't weren't the exciting bits, but they loved them. Mm -hmm. And so I just focused on um, and I made it really clear that that, that it's funny how how you put it out there and then it appears. We were asked to do a whole series of um career development programs for women Mm -hmm. in in um, one of our favorite clients. And I thought, yeah, this really does light my eyes up. I love that. And so we've that is the only program I run now. And I just noticed that even though they're long days, you are full on facilitation is draining. uh, I love it. And it's so rewarding Mm -hmm. to see people who have not really believed that they don't know how good they are. So this is what frustrates me. They don't realize how good they are. And so they just need a bit of a catalyst or a sort of transitional place where they can, have a look, you know, and it's very un-British to blow your own trumpet, so to teach them to do themselves justice is what I call it. Um, we, we run a series of workshops in a program called Shaping Your Career, and we've probably put 40 women through that now, and I would say at least half of them have already got promotion. I'm sure some of them would have got that anyway, but that's the thing that lights my eyes up so as to why I do what I do it's because it doesn't feel like work and I'm one of those lucky people who is able to pick and choose and just focus on as my as my associate says oh this one's worth you getting out of bed falling is it and I said yeah this one is <laughs>
0: it's interesting you say that though, because, um, and I I believe to some extent there is an element of luck. And I know we had a conversation with Barry Schwartz who talks about that certain things are luck and other things are making good decisions, making good choices. And you've been lucky in one regard and you've made some good choices and you've uh, found your niche and really honed that niche. And I've watched you particularly around the strength stuff, um, really getting to know how strengths works, really asking those great strengths-based questions that pull people towards the best version of themselves, which is, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: it, it is, isn't it? It's, it's exciting and wow, there's so much need for it. Yeah. I know yeah. you love it too, but yeah, I, I, I love the strengths profile particularly and, and coming on that um, extra module when I did the diploma with you with um, True was was really fabulous for me and to think, wow, the the differentiating, differentiating piece there is the energy. Yes. And I di- I think that's unique because I don't think people realise how draining it is to do work that's dragging you down and really you're not enjoying. So to have the choice or to make the choice, everybody's got choices. Sometimes they're difficult choices. But what I try and do is enable people yeah. um to consider their choices more objectively and, and to believe that they can do more, they can influence it more than they think.
0: Yeah, and sometimes to your point, I, I mentioned this the other day, we just finished off a uh, diploma a couple of weeks ago and I said, I hope you'll all remember how amazing you are because sometimes people forget and then we when do. we tap into this, yeah, we we, we just we remind do. ourselves, we need reminding. So remind. want to remind tell- I just want to sort of continue because you said about obviously you sort of focused and honed your focus around the coaching and uh, to do with certain programs mainly to do with women Um, but you've also done as you said some work or really sort of picture interest around that positive aging and as we sort of mentioned before in today's climate we need to be more aware of um, the aging population sounds just negative and yet so many people are still doing brilliant work at an older age and we need to be tapping into them. So what really piqued your interest in focusing on positive aging and led you to then write your book on it?
1: Well, it was purely selfish, Sue. So. As, as I was approaching what um, Jane Fonda calls, which I think is great, our third act. Third I liked act. that, I thought that was very nice. Anyway, she's done a, a, a podcast on that, which is really interesting. When I came on the diploma, uh, there were probably a couple of us, it is a similar age group, but but the rest were and I, and, and I guess we were at a different stage about where next what to, to do, and I knew that I wanted to carry on working and I. You encouraged us to, to, to specialize in a couple of modules, particularly um, which which I did positive education, I did positive coaching, both of which were really useful opened up new doors for me um, work wise but when I thought about the two topics that I really felt strongly about that I wanted to take on, one was positive aging and one was positive mental health. And I think they're connected in some ways. And so I started to notice that people in my life, the role models I had around me kind of fell into two camps and they were kind of those people who were half full, you know glass half full, optimistic, looking forward, what's happening now? And then those people who were half empty, who said, well, the best years are behind me. And they taught, they told themselves different stories. And this really seemed to me to impact the way they aged. And so I dug a bit deeper um, and I thought, I interviewed people, I ran focus groups, I read widely, I pulled on other people's research. I obviously dipped hugely into positive psychology and Ellen Langer's groundbreaking work all those years ago that proves that one can rewire one's brain and so I I became fascinated it's been a long journey I've loved the process of going you know going and and not having a deadline for this book has been rid of a downside (laughs) a bit like the diploma I've taken my time with it but I've so thoroughly enjoyed it, partly because so I've applied it to myself as well, and I've tested out all oh, There's 25 activities in the book i've tested them all out on my. Uh, quite willing coaching clients funnily enough, a lot of them are in their 40s and they saw oh, it's so important to do this work now, Then, so important, and I, I hadn't thought about that kind of audience Um so. Sorry, have I answered your question?
0: Was your question, how has I got into positive aging, yeah? Yes, but let's pick up on this more because to your point, there's some really uh, interesting research, um, a paper by Levy and somebody else, I can't remember the names, um, where they looked at people's view of aging. Uh, They were all 50 plus. There was about 700 people, 660, I think, where they were surveyed around their various things, but some of them were questions around aging. And then what they did is 23 years later, they followed up and they checked on who had the positive view of aging, who had the negative view of aging based on these particular questions. And then they basically looked at the ultimate variable of, are you still alive or not? Um, Yes. And that was a really interesting study because they found that on average, people who had a positive view of aging lived nine years longer than those who had a negative view of aging. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But to your point, and this is where I'd love to sort of pick your brain based on what you've experienced and the anecdotes and stories and the research is it wasn't just the the fact that they lived longer it was that their view of aging changed how they lived which is why they lived longer so it's not just oh I'm going to be positive and I'm going to live longer but what they did so in your book you share some some of the uh, activities people can do but you also share some lovely anecdotes um, stories of different people one of the things you've noticed specifically that you can share with our audience of people uh, what do they do that allows them to age well
1: yeah, it's probably a bit of a long answer but for people who haven't read the book to say that what I identified Sue in these people who um, I, I think I think the people I knew that I loved spending time with in a sentence were interesting and interested. Yes. So they they were two way. They didn't think about age at all. They didn't ever. As you said say yes now panic later um i noticed that some of them were up for anything open-minded and curious so what i did is i identified some characteristics eight characteristics that they seemed to have in common these this was mostly qualitative research i mean and i did pull on positive psychology but they they did have different lifestyles obviously the basis for a healthy long life and and it is all the things we know and know we should be doing we need to keep active we need to eat healthily we need to um have good nutrition we need to do all of those things and i'm not saying that they are not the foundation for good health but these people it was more about their mindset they were they were could they could relate to people at any age so the the they had a reason to keep going. The most important one I noticed was they had a reason to get up every day. My yoga teacher at 80, who still runs six classes a week. um, My good friend who got up every morning to open the church hall. They had something that was in their life. They volunteered that was a biggie a lot of them volunteered didn't think about it as volunteering but that was two-way as well because they got something back from it Uh, they were optimistic a lot of the characteristics which which are sense of purpose optimism resilience perspective proactivity um, adaptability curiosity and Connectivity. Those were the eight, and what I noticed was those people that were generally half full. I don't mean Pollyanna all the time, but generally optimistic. Kind is there such a thing as an optimistic realist? That's what I would like to be, and I think they were. Yeah, but let's just look on the bright side. So they 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 often positioned things or told themselves a different story. Okay. Well, it didn't work out this time, but you know, if we hadn't done that, then we wouldn't have done that. Whereas others would say, oh, it's all gloom and doom. The resilience piece is is huge because, and I've done resilience programmes for a long time, but there's a lot of work being done on how people can uh, become more resilient. And I I quite like all the um, post-traumatic growth uh, um, research as well that I pulled on for the book. Some of my best examples are people who have really life-limiting injuries, but are still leaving such a legacy for other people and doing things in the news. We have people all the time who are role models like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think probably the biggest quality that they have, Sue, is proactivity. So, what I noticed is some of the people around me, some elderly people, they would um, make decisions before they were forced upon them. So, I had one really, really, really good friend. She's 90, she's just passed away, but she chose the ending she wanted. Amazing. Learned so much from her. She noticed that she wasn't really coping in the house she was and put things in place before she needed to. And therefore, it didn't befall to other people to do that for her Mm -hmm. even this year the year she died um I rang her up and you know how are you near well Lynn I've had to give myself a talking to she's 90 um I'm really not happy with the way I'm walking and so I've got somebody in to take me out and you know give me a bit of a pep talk and and do that so and I thought well how many 90 year olds take themselves in hand there's a 94 year old guy who goes to the gym three times a week because he looked in the mirror and, and 20 years ago and decided he didn't like the way he looked so this <laughs> and i think well it's not lovely that they're kind of doing things they're proactive they make things happen and that's that i think is probably one of the most essential qualities as well as adaptability mm. you know but of, don't
0: those two things kind of go hand in hand, because we do have to sometimes consider that as we get older, certain things do change for us, we may not be able to do as much physically, etc. And to your point, often, um, we the worst thing is when we feel we can become a burden on somebody else, because they have to make the decisions for us. So I love that proactivity of actually understanding i'm in a situation now where i might need some help and support so let me make the choice as opposed to then feeling it's been forced upon me so i think that's a beautiful way of looking at it of making my own choices about how whether it's how i end my life or how i live my life as best i can with what i've got yeah
1: yeah absolutely because we are the architects aren't we of our own lives you know we do to to a degree to a degree i mean I run programs on shaping your career, which used to be called Whose Career Is It Anyway. I do think there should be a program on Whose Aging Process Is It Anyway, because, okay, we all have to rely on our health to a large degree. Uh, but even with health, I think there are things that you can influence yourself. Um, but your mindset is probably one, Sue, that I think goes it's under the radar a little bit for a lot of people. I think they probably don't realise, unless they've had the benefit of positive psychology, which I try and spread positive ripples all over, um, they don't realise just how much you can be in control of your mind. And I guess it started right at the beginning with me reading uh, Man's Search for Meaning with Viktor Frankl and how he survived over against all odds, because he knew he needed to write his manuscripts again. That was his sense of purpose, uh, his ikigai.
0: Great example, and and I'm with you on there. I think our mindset is um, sometimes underestimated. Yes, the physical, the basics are really important, but how we perceive things, how we look at things can change outcomes. Um, I want to get a little bit more into sort of where the book's taking you now and and the opportunities, but I do just want to share an example with you and I know you'll probably have other examples like this you can share. When I moved up to Byron Bay. I tried to immediately get into the habit of going for a walk early in the morning uh, on the beach, which is it's literally three minutes from my door. Fabulous. And um, I noticed each morning there was a particular gentleman who had a spot uh, on the beach, sort of up from the beach near the trees where I would see him exercising. And I would estimate his age. I'm not very good at ages. Sometimes I'm not very accurate, but I would estimate his age is probably around the 80 mark and um every morning i would see him i would either see him walking down to the beach in his board shorts or walking back from the beach in his board shorts nothing else um yes. and uh, or i would see him in his little spot uh doing um various exercises he would literally do the plank he would do sit-ups he would do you know laying on his back with his legs in the air and lifting and stretching downward dogs and then he'd take a splash in the ocean and then go home How and lovely how I, I found him so inspiring and I'd see him most mornings when I was here when I wasn't away etc and, um, and I'd turn a nod and smile and say good morning as you do um, but we never had a conversation and then I thought I feel so inspired by him that I couldn't help myself one morning so when I did see him I stopped him and I said excuse me I need to tell you something I find you so inspiring And he just looked at me like I'd gone a bit crazy. (laughs) And he was like, why? I said, because you are here every morning, rain, shine, whether the sea is rough, whether it's calm, you do your exercise. And I said, I find that so inspiring. I want to be doing that every morning. I want to be doing these sorts of things. And thank you for providing that. Anyway, I'm sure he walked away thinking I was pretty mad. But then if I continue the story, he um, I'd been traveling a bit and hadn't seen him for a while. And then I was home. and I still wasn't seeing him. And I was like, oh, no, please don't tell me he's passed away. Please don't tell me. And I was really gutted thinking I haven't seen him in weeks and weeks and weeks. What's happened? So anyway, here's me. I stop another gentleman on the beach who's often there in the morning. And I'd seen talking to this first gentleman. And, and again, he probably thought I was mad. And I said, excuse me, can I just ask? the older gentleman who comes on the beach who's usually in this spot I haven't seen him for like months now do you know anything and he said oh jam, yeah no he's back in Denmark with his family he usually goes every year but he hasn't been able to go during COVID and I was like oh thank you so much I said I was oh. so worried he'd passed away anyway oh. he comes back literally last week there's the first time I'd seen him. He's back and I nearly embraced him was on the mad. street. <laughs> I'm so happy you're home. So oh, not only does this mad. man probably think I'm completely mad, but it was a lovely conversation yeah. about how he's probably 30 years older than me. And I find yeah. him so inspiring. Who are yes. some of the people that you've reviewed that you have found the most inspiring when it comes to how they live their life?
1: Oh, that's such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that, Sue, because I I would have wanted to give him a hug. I think what's lovely about what you did there is you gave him feedback. And I think that often elderly people in particular, they just do what they think is is what everybody does. And we know it's not what everybody does. Some of the most inspiring people I've met, um, I've talked about my friend Joan, who planned her own ending, and she was just I was so upset to lose her because she did mean a lot to me. She was a good friend. Um, probably, I deliberately focused on on kind of uh, everyday people, people in around you know around. Um, one guy, one guy that there's they're both guys actually. There's one who's been a friend of mine for a long time. He's well in his seventies. Uh, he Has been proactive. He he lost his wife about four years ago after he had nursed her really through dementia a long time. He rang me from the beach, Sue, to say that she died, which was a blessing. He was walking on their favourite beach. He then took action. He, He was obviously sad, but he was exhausted. He Since then, he has lost three stone. He's had two knee replacements. He's joined his golf club again. He's just been to Spain, first time abroad for 20 years. And he is just my role model because every time I speak to him on the phone, he is so positive and even to ring from the beach and said, like, I'm just reliving all the happy memories and whatever. I thought, wow, and he's just got a new lease of life. So he is one of my inspirational role models. Mm. Um, the other one is a very different one. I, I think um, I realized that a lot of the people I had interviewed in the early stages were women because I coach a lot of women. And you know, I had role models of all ages in, in the book. Um, but this was a friend of Brian's, actually, a golfing friend, and he is amazing. He's an ex-medic. He's um, very philosophical. He's just wonderful, very wise, very. And we've become pen friends. And I, I pick his brains on so many things. And he was so flattered to be defined as a superager. He said, I've told my daughters they can only refer to me now as a superager." <laughs> but he's got such a wisdom about life and his curiosity, mm-hmm. which is another one of my traits, is endless. He, um, he suggested that we became pet pals and I was, I was so flattered. So these two are really good examples in my life. I'm going to use another one and I know she won't mind because I've asked her permission. This person's in the public eye, Mel Reed who is a writer for the Saturday Times Magazine. I read, she's become tetraplegic after a riding accident several years ago. And her column, she writes a column called The Spinal Column, which I just find humbling. Her writing style I relate to. She doesn't pull any punches. She talks about life as it is, but she has become so, much of a champion for disability and has used that. and um, she's had various awards and things. But to me she, when I'm thinking, have I got anything to worry about? I just read her column and I think. Amazing. Just amazing. So there's probably three I would pull out. There would be loads more and in the book there are little nuggets about all sorts of different people. But I deliberately wanted to choose people. And also see people who didn't see themselves a bit like your friend on the beach. My friend Joan died probably a month or two ago now. I was so thrilled I'd actually finished the book before she died. So, uh, of course, she'd lost her sight by this time and she was in a hospice. And um, I didn't read it to her, but somebody read it to her. And um, it was her niece. And she said she didn't think it was her, (laughs) <laughs> so she didn't think that my you know the way i described. discovered she said no i don't think that's me so their modesty and humility may well be another quality because they just do what they do because it's right for them and they don't realize often how much they inspire others
0: Yeah. And I think this is the important thing um, that we often talk about from a positive psychology perspective is we need more of these positive stories and role models and examples in the world. It's way too easy to turn on the news and see all the negative um, or look what's wrong, what's bad about the young, the old, the this, that and the other. And yet there are so many people to be inspired by. Um, There are. So I'm sure we could talk about many examples. What I would like to do is just sort of bring us around to where you are now. The book's been published, it's done very, very well. And and as you said earlier, better than you perhaps expected. So where would you like to see, not just the book, but your, the impact that you're having, the ripple effect that your book and your learning and things might have on the world? Where would you like to see it go?
1: It's a really good question, Sue. And I'm still kind of, um, I was, Initially blown away by the response, let me keep that into context. I I self-published, so I published a reasonably small amount to be that, but then the Daily Mail got a hold of it and did me an article which did me a favor and I sold out straight away. So it's really relatively small um, amounts that, in terms of some people's, you know, but it for me it was it was brilliant. So I people like yourself, I am delighted that you become like a a channel for promoting my book because I want to, I see it as opening doors for some people but I also see it as pulling together a lot of learning that some of your people will already know the the topic if that makes sense. Mm I'm open to whatever's coming my way at the moment. I'm in that phase where I'm just saying yes to everything. And as you say, panic later. Uh, Podcasts are quite new for me. I've got an author's interview next week. I've been asked to do another article for the new year on goal setting because looking ahead, Aging Rewired How to Flourish in Later Life lends itself quite well to sort of new beginnings setting goals and I've got questionnaires in the book about about that I haven't really thought big my my mission in, in my work is to inspire other people to uh, become the best version of themselves and take action if that, whatever that action is and enable them whatever so through coaching so maybe running some workshops for the about about the um, traits, the eight traits in the book would be one area to explore. And there is, I was asked to write an article. This is what I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying writing articles for other people's blogs, websites, and whatever. So I was asked to write an article um, about what uh, organizations could do better to manage. now that isn't what the book was about but I have quite a lot of views on this topic so I wrote an article for somebody else's website and I and an article for a women's magazine and so I'm getting the word around that this is probably something people should be less afraid about Mm -hmm. and and feeling that they might be able to influence have a positive influence on their next stage I want them to feel can do about that so that's how that's what I would like the book's legacy to be is for people to feel one person said to me you've taken a really difficult topic and you've made it easier mm. and I thought that's good that'll that's really what I wanted to do and a lot more men than I expected have read the book I'm a wrong to think that it's mostly women who do self-development because it isn't but i did think it would be a minority uh, but no i've had some really nice feedback from guys who've read it and <laughs> oh i've got another role model have i got time for another role model you have <laughs> i've got I, i've got such a lovely role model and he is the husband of my editor my self-appointed editor who's a friend of mine who used to do this for a living anyway she said oh John wants to read the book, is that okay? So I said, yeah, of course, yeah, that's nice. So she said, I don't like to worry, he's made pages and pages of notes. I said, oh, okay, fine, that's fine. Thinking, well, it's written now. Anyway, he said to me, I went round, had lunch with him. He is is amazing. He's had five different careers. He's well in his seventies now. But when my corporate clients say, I'm too old, I'm 50, I think, get a life, you know, anyway. So he had, made, he said, "Lynn, there's just so much in there. If I hadn't liked the book, you'd have got a page of feedback. But as it is, there's pages of it because I want you to run events on this. It was his idea. He said it's crying out for people to get together and do something with this. And I, I was, so I was blown away by this guy. He he is one of my role models as well. Sounds like they're all men. No, there's lots of women in the books as well. <laughs> and so I did begin to think, Sue, about. Maybe approaching some organisations about back in the day we would have called them pre-retirement courses. They're not pre-retirement. They're they're preparing for what's next. You know what's next. Might be a good time. What? or, Or some people are having to work longer. Not that they want to, but it's because they have to. But it's about keeping them engaged, motivated, inspired, looking forward rather than enduring. Does that make sense?
0: And I think that's one of the things I really love when you're calling it ageing rewired. Wouldn't it be nice if as a society, and, and I know some cultures absolutely already are there, we're potentially behind in certain countries, um, where yes. being older is a good thing. It's about wisdom. It it's about being embraced by your community, et cetera. And yet in other cultures, it's very much, you know, you're kind of on the shelf, if you like. And it's really interesting you say about retired because I was having this conversation with... Um, a friend of mine a year or so ago, and um, we were sort of talking about the future. And I don't plan on retiring yet, but we both said, "No way! Don't even like the term required, retired. Not sure yeah. I'll ever retire. Do I want to stop working? Love working, etc. Love yes. doing that." but there might yeah. become a stage where you want to do more of what you love and less of what you don't and, and you want to yeah. have a bit more free time or travel more etc and it was really funny because we had this conversation that we we weren't going to use the word retired we didn't like the word retired so we came up with a new one and oh, we called good. it we called it skillifling. Skillifling. <laughs> skillifling. skillifling Oh skillifling um skillifling oh you skillifling. have to spell that oh yeah. how lovely what, what does, that does that mean, mean? Yeah how to spell it but it was kind of that what does it feel yeah. like when you're still working enjoying life having fun doing more of what you love still contributing yeah. still making a difference and we just came up with this made-up word of sclifling love and we'll use it now a year later of um oh, oh, I when we start <laughs> oh i love that sue i love that and you're so right
1: because um my first chapter has two titles sense of purpose and ikigai from the japanese the yeah. japanese have an amazing approach to aging, and I went there and, and it was amazing. It was lovely, and they don't have a word for retirement. Exactly, and and neither does you must know Judy Dench. Uh, Judy Dench, yeah, I she do. doesn't ever let anybody call it retirement. But skilling, I think you should have this wide, much wider. Could have workshops on skilling.
0: <laughs> it, it implies can... fun. It implies I fun, do. doesn't it? It did too. <laughs> So thank you, Lynn, because I think your contribution well, to rewiring, perhaps the way we think about aging, the importance of mindset, what it does for us when we change things is more powerful than just the one person at a time, it is in the workplace how do we review it how do we consider what people are contributing and what they can bring um and how do we ourselves perhaps change our mindset around uh what it means to be older is it about the best years are behind us or is it actually now i get to contribute in a different way um yes you know how do i look after myself be the best i can be so if you had to think about what some of the key things you do to keep your well-being high both from a Subjective well being, as in what makes you happy, and a psychological well being of what gives you fulfillment. What are some of the key things in your life?
1: Um, well, that's a really good point. And, and just on the back of your skillful, um conversation, I guess one of the things that, that keeps my well being going is, is, is humour. I wasn't going to mention that first, but humour and being a child at heart you know, I might be older in body, but inside I'm still a child at heart, and having a laugh, I think that's a really good one, I think we underestimate the power of a good laugh for the well-being, and I I, I, I do do like that, Um, I do the obvious things, I'm lucky enough, as I said, to be able to choose and be selective about, I'll just do these bits, I'll just cherry pick, I'll cherry pick the bits I like to do in my work, Um, and if I don't, think clients take well-being seriously then I don't work with them Uh, I feel that being a coach I it's important that I walk my own talk Mm. so I would discuss you know people's well-being generally so what do I do is I um, physically I have a personal trainer three times a week I do yoga every day I walk as much as I can and I do wild disco dancing when it's raining which I love (laughs) because I have a jukebox and that makes me that makes me laugh so I love music I do I use the 40% bucket so the um, one of the activities in the book and a positive psychology one some of your listeners may be familiar with is I top up my um boxes every day so um look at that deliberately I meditate uh, which really helps me, um, I use Headspace, I, I just love his voice, and uh, I really get a lot out of meditation, um, and I have a good nutritionist, I, I believe a lot in nutrition, and the power of what you can do to, to make it, and and I, I try and walk my talk from the book, and it's so funny, because Brian, who, bless him, lived through the book and edited it and did quite a lot of uh, of the He hadn't actually read it. And then after he'd read it, he felt obliged to read it because a lot of these golf club buddies had bought it. And it, now he catches me and he'll say, well, I'm surprised at you saying that because I would have thought you'd be more adaptable or more proactive. And I think, oh, my goodness, I've got a conscience here as well. <laughs> so. Is there anything else? So he is a a guide for me. Obviously making uh, life choices, having a life plan, you know, a bit of a life plan. I'm not one of those people that plans all the time, but having some kind of purpose, drive, you know, that's really important to me. So I I do have my own, uh, I do try and walk my own talk. Is there anything else I do for my subject? Oh, learning. I haven't mentioned my love of learning. Gosh, (laughs) sometimes I think I'm only working for my own personal development. So I will go on anything that I can learn more, usually about related to positive psychology or or sometimes very random. So I love getting a learning uh, event in the diary and things like that. And I, i learn with Sue I find very useful because it can just tap into and you can learn without realizing you're learning
0: yeah and I love that because it's one of your strengths so again playing to your strengths is a wonderful way of boosting our well-being as well and what I really love and you said it a couple of times in different ways is um, I have a saying that I use all the time is treat yourself as a scientific experiment and I love (laughs) when you say am I walking the talk and you also said in relation to your book you tested these things on yourself on clients I did I did and I think yeah. that's so important that we can read we can learn as much as we like but unless we actually do it it does not make a difference so
1: no and it's one of one of the reasons who I deliberately put a questionnaire in at the back and I put my own results in so I'm out there and I know where I've got to focus and there'll be like you know they'd be works in progress for me these two adaptability and perspective but i i i think to be an authentic coach you do need to walk your own talk
0: absolutely thank you lynn thank you for being a fabulous guest and we've had a well i think we've had a fabulous conversation I've with had others great <laughs> fun. i've had great fun and i've learned a new
1: word and i just need to go and work out how to spell it that's so so nice and it's the
0: A real pleasure to catch up with you, Sue. And um, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Lynn. And I hope you continue to have a big ripple effect on helping people rewire the way they view their own aging process and others. And thank Thank you. you, Thank you. And thank you everybody who is listening in. I hope you've enjoyed the opportunity to eavesdrop on our conversation. If you do want more, remember we have this podcast where you'll find more conversations. You will also find if you wish to become a member of Learn With Sue and join our global learning community, just jump on to learning with, learnwithsue.com.au and you'll find all sorts of uh, expert in conversations, live events you can join, um, research reviews, all sorts of courses, etc. that you might want to have a play with. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Lynn. And I will see everybody back again next time. Same place. Thank you,
1: Sue. Bye for now.